And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Hi. Abraham, I didn't really want to know your name, you know that. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it in the email? Oh, my email. It was in the email. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's just kind of ruined everything. There was like this entire air of like mystery and, you know, now it's gone. I know I'm the worst. I, you know, what's funny in the email. I even deleted Abraham's interview. <laughs> and I didn't even acknowledge that it was coming from my name. My yeah, email. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, Abraham. How's it going? Good to meet you. I'm glad. Uh, like, just so everyone knows, I had sent you a text. What, like three, four weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I like. You didn't I include your name. You yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> and, that and, was so ridiculous. And I, I, my initial question was, "What's your name?" And then I quickly followed up with, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then saved my name in your phone as just the exclamation point. And yep. Yep. Your contact uh, on my phone is just an exclamation point. And, Which uh, that's good that you finally do, though, because if this continued and we got to like designer con, <laughs> I might have said hi. And you'd have been like, uh, hey, man, I, I hate to break this to you, but it's. It's probably going to be like that just because I usually <laughs> need about four or five like run-ins yeah. or, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, really like it sets into my head, like a name and a face because, you know, I used to like, you know, like maybe like 12 years ago, I used to say, I'm really just bad with, I'm good with faces, but I'm bad with names. Yeah. And now I'm just bad at both. <laughs> You know, it's uh, okay. You know, I mean, you're you're involved in the the art toy, yeah. You know, scene. There's a look. There is a look. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that art toy people and Abraham, you kind of fall into that look. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so um you know um it's like you know art toy people they all just look alike yeah. <laughs> we do <laughs> that's what's always tough like when we when designer con happens and dub somehow gets it where all of our booths are in one area right right it doesn't matter who's running the booth we could just assume it's that artist <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's um, you know, it. 
but you know, it's it's always it's it's always fun, right? I, I I'm you know, do you do any other cons or do you do do any other events? You know, I go to so designer con. I went to the, for the first time this past one. Super fun. It was cool to be there. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, especially um, considering the fact that like you know everyone was kind of like still like kind of hung over from you know the pandemic. Yeah. It was the it was the first event that I had been to. It was a little nerve wracking in the beginning, but you know yeah. now it's kind of like oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> it, which and now like Comic Con, it's not that far away. So and I plan on going there because I'm in San Diego. Oh, and, you are. Yeah, and so uh, that one's going to be kind of a a hit or miss for me because it's like either it's going to be the super spreader issue when we're all there, we're going to cause a new wave, or we're just going to go with it. Right, right. Well, um, I went to the November one, uh, the the special, the San Diego special um, event one. Yeah, how was it? It was weird. Okay. It was it was it was cool because it it had like, you know, I think my I attended my first San Diego Comic Con in two thousand and four mm-hmm. or two thousand five, and and then eventually like you know the the cult yard uh was formed where like all, all like kid robot and monkey king and all these other art kind of toy people like you know kind of all formed around the um hall g um you know the or the five thousands or whatever um yeah yeah um uh area was um, but like this was like right before the studios had a huge presence in um, in San Diego Comic Con, and it kind of had some of the feels of that. In that, like none, like Warner Brothers wasn't there, or none of the uh, the big studios were there, and um, you know there was plenty of room to walk. And I think like they used Hall H as a um the you know where you kind of like check in and get your ticket you know check in with your tickets and stuff like that yeah you know um but uh, i didn't get covid well there we go (laughs) so wait did you come out of the entire pandemic and never get covid yep okay i'm I'm still a covid virgin yeah I, uh, what, what's, I work with teenagers. And so it was like knowing full well, I was going to get it. (laughs) And I would have like, their parents would contact me. Uh, I was getting one, like every week they were like, Hey, uh, just so you know, we came in contact with people that had COVID and I had to send like the next text out that was like, Hey, don't worry about it. If I get it, I get it. This is the least of my worries. Like this is just a Petri dish that I work in. So don't worry about it. Yeah, actually, uh, my girlfriend, she teaches, um, and yeah, she, in like in December, you know, a kid got her COVID and, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I, my studio, uh, my, uh, is in downtown Los Angeles, uh, in an area I fondly refer to as Skid Row adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I always kind of, I always kind of figured like, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to get it here, but, um, yeah, no, I yeah, how you didn't get it being in LA is crazy to me. <laughs> uh, you know, you know how like artists or working artists kind of are. We just stick to yourself. 
yeah, like we lead like antisocial lives, and the only time we step out is for you know events. Yeah, you know? and there haven't been a lot of events, you know, throughout uh, 2020 and 2021. So, um, and which was fine, you know, because the one thing that I loved about the pandemic was the complete and total lack of FOMO. Yeah. Or fear of missing out because there was nothing, nothing was going on. Like I had nothing to miss. And I was just like, I, I, I had a great time. There might, there might be an opportunity for me just now to make a soundbite that just says, Luke Chu, I love the pandemic. <laughs> be my guest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'll be my new ringtone. I love the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. You don't, you don't even want me to go down that rabbit hole because I will say all kinds of really horrible things. Um, <laughs> and um, like how I... You know, uh, it's things that are very un- insensitive to like the people who have, you know, lost loved ones and stuff like that. But, yeah. You know, that's because I'm a pandemic virgin. So. You, you didn't get it. And so now it's hard for you to understand. Hey, well, maybe by the end of this, you'll have some kind of understanding of it. You've got a headache or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So welcome to Toys on Tap. It's a toy podcast that I love and it's a passion that I have. And so I started it to interview all the toy artists that I talked to and um, all the people that have come through. And and I reached out to Dove to get to you. Mm. And that was the only way that I could have gotten because I didn't know if I sent you a message if you'd even see it. My New Year's resolution was to be a little bit better about my Instagram DMs. Mm. And um, because I, it, that's just one of those like things that I just kind of ignore yeah. um, for, for the most part. Like I'll have like, you know, you know, nine plus like on my, um, in the upper right-hand corner of my app. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's just Instagram. But like now I'm, but then I realized I was missing out on a lot of opp- potential opportunities. And so I'm kind of, um making an effort yeah um like you know re you know repost people's stories and um respond to people's inquiries uh, let people know that okay that you know i'm yeah i'm part of the social media game and then i yeah. also have a discord now and um and stuff so like now i'm like pretty regularly on my phone you know trying to reply to questions simple questions and um you know let people know that i saw the message give them the heart yeah thumbs up you know stuff and the discord is blowing up it like there are times i have to silence my phone because there's like hours where i get like 60 70 things that are popping through you know what you got to do sometimes uh I, i realize look so i discovered something kind of fun like i are you following a lot of people's discords uh your suck lords and then there's one more toy one yeah you first the uh, uh, you know like you, you just mute most mm. of the channels <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I mute all the channels that i'm following yeah. and i'll just pop in once in a while just to kind of like see what's going on and let uh, the only thing i don't mute is if i'm being addressed directly okay yeah and um 
you know, then you also like put limitations, like the only, only a handful of people can use the at everyone yeah. um, um, thing because, you know, it's just really annoying um, when people just like, you know, bullhorn it, you know, yeah. over, over discord. Um, unless like you have something kind of like genuinely like important to say. Yeah. It's not NFT related. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go any further into this, I always want to make sure that the artist gets to introduce themselves. Okay. And so I, um, I'm not cutting any of that out, by the way. So we're going to go from here. No, 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 no. I, 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 I am... I'm an entertaining podcast guest because I will just say the most ridiculous shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, you heard it here, everyone. <laughs> and uh, my name is Luke Chu. I am a Los Angeles-based artist. Um, I have been involved in um, art and art toys. Um, I guess I could say since 2003 when I moved to Los Angeles, but um, I was probably... Um, my my debut to the art toy scene was with a toy called Possess, and that was produced by Monkey King and was released in 2007. And I kind of think that I've been a bit of a fixture in mm -hmm. the art toy uh, scene since then. Um, I just, uh, we mentioned Dove from DKE or Dove Kellimer Enterprises. And yep. um, I had just recently released uh, my first carded resin figure series a series of figures um i i call it the um, imprisonment series where the figure series follows the psychology of being imprisoned or stuck somewhere um if and the three figures are uh, do i have them here i mean i i do have them here but i'd have to like leave the chair and run and grab them if you want me to that's okay them. yeah that's okay. fine. I can pause it. Give me one second. All right, I'm back. Oh yeah. Um. So, like I was saying, there are three figures to the set or the series that I created, and uh, the first one was the the realize um, figure. Oh, yeah. Geez, the screen is not doing me any favors. <laughs> <laughs> um looks great but like so he's kind of like he's like realizing like hey i'm i'm in the blister pack and um the second figure is the it's called resist and it's the like how do i get out of the blister pack oh. <laughs> um uh thing like um like get me the hell out of here and the final figure from the series it's called resign and that is the like um fuck my life <laughs> i'm uh i'm i'm stuck in this is this is this is my fate yeah um you know figure and um you know um i i am no angel <laughs> and so i have uh I have a I, I I in one form or another I like to think that I have well actually I think most people have felt that those that that chain of of emotions yeah um 
you know, where you kind of realize like, oh no, like, like I'm stuck. Yeah. Then, you know, the, like, I, I got to get out of here. And then, the, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't leave. I'm, yeah. I'm stuck here. So um, I, I, that was one of the last series of uh, toys that I had done. And I had done that with Dove. And it was, um, you know, like uh, surprisingly, uh, well, I don't want to say, yes, no, I was surprised. Surprisingly successful um, in terms of the audience response. And um, there were, we did like three variant, a total of three variants. The ones that I showed on were the original ones, mm -hmm. just normal black, uh, white ones. Then I, of course I reversed it with a bunch of black colored bears in the, um, and that was a Monkey King exclusive. And then um, bec uh, because of the possessed toy that I had mentioned, um, I'm kind of known for that bear character having blood on its hands. And so I did a hand-painted, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I did all the painting and detailing on all of the figures. It was, each figure was a multi-day task, like mm -hmm. of me sitting there with a, um, an LED micro, uh, uh, you know, like uh, magnifying lens. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have a engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved in DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Just sitting there with the, each figure and you know detailing each of the, the eyes and the nose. Um, and um, but then I went in and I um, kind of bloodied up the, the hands and I that was my Discord exclusive. <laughs> you know, speaking of Discord. Yeah. So. so take us back to early 2000s. You okay. come to LA and you start um, working in the art scene. You be, you are this artist. You are like you, you are Luke Chu. So like why why two questions? Let's we'll do that. Why bears? Okay. And then um, why toys? Okay. Um so I let's let's go back even further. Okay. Um, I uh, I went to school for graphic design mm -hmm. at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and I chose the graphic design uh, discipline because I wanted to, you know, do something in the visual arts, but I also wanted um, a, a regular paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, in the 90s, um, when I, in the 80s and 90s, I, you know, grew up in a world where um, people who were artists were usually, quote unquote, starving. Yeah. Starving artists. That's just a, a, a stereotype that I'm, I'm not even sure if it really kind of is common these days, but it was very common when I was growing up. And I was a little, I just didn't really think I, I had what it took to do um, studio art. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, so I studied graphic design and graphic design was great for me simply because of the fact that it kind of like hammered in a lot of uh, foundational visual communication theories like color theory, composition, yeah. um, you know, stuff like textures and stuff like that um, into um, how I perceived the art of visual communication. And um, I moved to Los Angeles um, after I, after I, before I graduated from Cal Poly, I was employed by a company called um, Ernie Ball Company. Ernie Ball is a, a guitar and a guitar manufacturing and guitar and guitar string manufacturing company. Yeah. And it was there that like the idea of like, you know, how advertising and visual communication works practically uh, was, in, was um, hammered into me. And the entire time I was there, I was kind of like, you know, taught and then eventually preaching myself the mantra that like, hey, you've got like 2.3 seconds to sell your idea to a passive audience. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that a lot of that quick read kind of, um, you know, um, communicating uh, uh, eventually kind of seeped into the work that I, the paintings that I create. Like I, I see my own paintings as being quick reads. Like uh, you can obviously take more time to sit back and absorb them. And I, it's appreciated when you do, but mm. um, you know, like I, I, ha I build simple narrative, oh, a simple, but I like to think a little bit open-ended-ish kind of um, uh, narratives employing a lot of um, metaphor and um, color theory uh, into, into what I do. Uh, while I was in, uh, in San Luis Obispo at school, I came up with an idea that I wanted to explore. And that was this theory, called, this idea called, uh, I was calling uh, paintings for children. And what it was, was um, these anthropom cute anthropomorphized characters yeah. uh, um, involved in adult kind of behaviors. <laughs> And I did two paintings for this series. One of them was this little bunny that was smoking a cigarette and another one that was a dog, you know, sipping on a cocktail. And I was like, I, I thought they were fun. People really responded to it. And um, I didn't really take a lot of painting classes when I was uh, there because they would, at the time in the early, in the mid nineties, they didn't offer a lot of, uh, you know, like painting and illustration classes. I think they offered like one of each and yeah. then, um, then maybe life, life drawing classes. So um, I didn't really have a big background in painting or illustration or anything like that, um, which means, Painting the human form was just not my forte. It, I, it was just easier for me to paint um, anthropomorphized characters. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I kind of conceived a um, an idea for why, or an excuse, depending on how you want to look at it, <laughs> as to why I paint anthropomorphized characters. And that was that by employing these cartoonish characters, um, what I'm doing is bypassing all the potential ageism, racism, and sexism that are uh, that are easier to associate with actual human forms. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and then, you know, kind of digging even deeper, you could say like, you know, being that we are, you know, all people that have grown up within, in the 20th century at the, you know, very latest, mm -hmm. we've grown up, grown up with, um, animation, Disney and, um, you know, anthropomorphized characters being tools for storytelling, um, as you know, part of the uh, visual lexicon that you know of our modern world, and so it made sense to me to like just to to use these characters. Now the bear, um, it, there's a lot of different um, takes, uh, a little a different kind of ways that I uh, I came up with the bear. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, I. My best friend from college and I, um, you know, had, you know, like nicknames for each other and they both revolved around bears for some mm. reason. Um, Were you Papa Bear? Uh, no, I was just a bear. <laughs> okay. and, and, she, and she was Jamie Bear. Okay. And um, there, it, the story goes even deeper in like a time when we were on like hallucinogenics and mm -hmm. you know all this other stuff and like you know we nearly got like um assaulted by a really drunk person when we were like running around um screaming that we were care bears and <laughs> um and you know and he you know when and we were asking rent like these people that like were coming by the house you know like what what bear are you <laughs> you know i'm laugh a lot bear and i'm you know sunshine bear you know and you know this one guy you know i used to live in one of those houses where when the bars closed people would you know show up you know at my front door yeah and uh they and he was like you're fucking bullshit bears <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was the funniest thing I'd, I'd like either of us, you know, could have possibly heard at the time. And after that, um, my friend Jamie was Jamie Bear and I was Luke Bear. Yeah. And so there was that. And then, you know, the like, you know, I like people like I would like, you know, women I would date would like give me like pet names because maybe because I'm Chinese, they would be like, oh, you're like my panda. Oh, okay. Mildly yeah. racist comments. Mildly racist, but like enduring, you yeah. know, to a certain degree. And so I was just kind of, so like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm not like, you know, um, a, a stick and bone, uh, 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 skin and bones Asian. I'm, you know, of, of the thicker variety. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm like, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I let it fly. And yeah. um, so when I was trying to come up with a character that would be a, you know, a stand-in for me, 
mm-hmm. um, uh, the, a bear character kind of made complete sense to me. And when I was designing the character, I was referencing a lot of, you know, popular character designs um, across, you know, history. I was looking at cereal box characters to like cartoon characters, like from Bugs Bunny to like Mickey Mouse. Um, But the big problem that I saw with all of these characters was the fact that throughout their history, their designs would change and change Mm. and change, you know, in order to, you know, fit in with the times. Yeah. And the one character, the one toy design that I, or one character design that I, I was found myself drawn to was Hello Kitty. And Hello Kitty was 40 something, at the time she was like 30 something years old. Mm-hmm. And throughout its existence it has not changed a bit. Yeah. And um, I attribute that to its simplistic design. Um, Hello Kitty, um, the head at least, is just the silhouette um, coupled with two eyes, a nose. Then there's like the six whiskers and the bow. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was like, you know, developing my character, I was like, okay, the got to keep it simple, you know, keep it, um, you know, clean. And uh, so I, took the silhouette and the two eyes and the nose as um, the main attributes of, um, you know, my, my character design. So the, the bear is me and I am the bear. Yeah. Um, I, when I moved to Los Angeles in 2003, I didn't have like anything i i i'm a recovering drug addict mm-hmm. and uh been sober now for 11 years congrats mean, thank you and if you do the math that means i got sober in 2010 mm-hmm. which means you know uh, you know i moved into here to los angeles in 2003 so there was a there was a there was a a significant window where i had relapsed i i, I moved to los angeles because i was a broken, you know, addict, and I so I was sober long enough to start an um a, an art career. Yeah, in, in the LA in the underground LA art scene and or LA underground art scene, and eventually kind of uh, like got the attention of galleries and you know, was able to kind of slowly move my way up uh, from warehouse art shows to gallery art shows uh but um the entire like you know addiction um shit that i was dealing with uh kind of fueled the narrative of this nihilistic you know cute versus brute um scenario that Mm -hmm. Uh, I think is prevalent in my work and um, uh, like the the blood on the hands of my bearer I always kind of saw the blood as being a visual metaphor for my addiction issues 
And if you look at my more recent work, ex with the exception of like maybe the toys that I do or the occasional painting, you know, here or there, um, the the blood on the hands isn't really a thing that I like put in all my work anymore because of the fact that it's just such a it's so removed from me from yeah. that that life those experiences that train of thought um and so I like to think that my work my at least my paintings are very much a reflection of who I am and where I'm at um the toy thing when I was still conceiving of my like the the stylistic directions that I wanted to go as a painter, um, I was like looking pretty, you know, you know, deeply at the kind of work that was, you know, coming up at the time, you know, two thousand three, two thousand four, and I was looking at like Yoshitomo Nara, Takeshi Murakami, um, Shepard Ferry, Frank Kozik, um, Gary Baseman, Tim Biscop, Camille Rose Garcia, Mark Ryden, um, like uh, the gamut of like pop art, uh, popular artists at the time. Yeah. And a lot of these artists had their work translated into three-dimensional sculptures and a lot of the one place that I was drawn to on the internet at the time was the Kid Robot website. Mm -hmm. Before Kid Robot became, you know, Kid Robot the producer, Kid Robot was Kid Robot the retail um, store. Mm -hmm. And their website was kind of like a backlog of like these amazing art toys. Uh, from the time like Michael Lau and you know like and you know like remember like the I don't know if you remember like the the keys by two, Toy 2R or mm -hmm. um, you know I don't even think you know or the the Kubricks from Medric, uh, Medicom which preceded the Bear Bricks and then um, so I would just like thumb through these, their, their catalog of sold out, you know, stuff and just look at it and go like, this, this stuff is amazing. Yeah. Like I, I, it would be amazing if I could have um, a toy, um, you know, a, a collectible, a, a sculpture of, of, you know. And so I kind of think that I created a, painting style, a, a, a visual communicate, a painting style that could lend itself easily to being retranslated as a sculptural piece. Mm -hmm. And so um, in 2004-ish, I think, uh, I learned about Monkey King, who had a, uh, a retail space in um, downtown Los Angeles in uh, Chinatown. And I at the time I was buddies with uh, Joe Ledbetter and Thomas Hahn. And we would just like, you know, we would do our, on Saturday night, you know, we'd be like in downtown Los Angeles at our warehouse show, uh, some warehouse art show that we were participating in. Yeah. And, and, you know, on Sunday, when we went to go pick up our paintings, we would go to Chinatown afterwards and like check out 
the toys that were were happening there and uh, eventually uh, met uh, the owner Patrick Lamb and uh, after a couple of years he was you know interested in transitioning from retail to production and uh, we produced uh, um, a toy based on a painting I had created called Possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, Possessed, the toy has the bear character kind of staring at his own blood-covered hands, you know, with a um, like forlorn kind of like, what have I done um, kind of expression while a, you know, a we interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth to Aliens have landed. Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com That's earth2kentucky.com Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Double character holding an Atari 2600 um, style um, toy controller, which is the first uh, video gaming console, console I had owned. Yeah. Um, you know, hovers behind him and um, like a devil made me do it mm-hmm. kind of narrative. But yeah, I think I think that answers both questions. You know. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's so many questions that have come up in my head because of that long story. Uh, first question for someone that is, um, if you can speak to someone that was struggling with addiction at that time, mm-hmm. coming to L.A., the place where most people get an addiction like what made you think that LA was the place to like get you away from that was it the art that drew you more than anything it was my parents my parents were living here oh, okay I needed uh, a safe space to go and you know I like I said I I became um an addict uh I was addicted to, at the time to like um oxycontin yeah. And a lot of the pharmaceuticals that have since made many headlines, um, you know, and uh, I was used to um, acquiring these kind of substances in a small town environment, which means a very tight knit network of people. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, when you're, when you're used to that, you're not used to like how you, like you look at LA and it's just this big, vast, like, like, like almost wasteland of, of people. And you have no, you don't, you wouldn't know the first thing like uh, about that. I mean, I eventually figured it out. And, yeah. but it wasn't until like two, two, at least two years before I had relapsed in Los Angeles and, um, you know, but uh, eventually like, you know, I, you know, you know, a lot of the thing that happened to me in uh, San Luis Obispo um, as to why 
I didn't want, uh, uh, um, and as to why I was able to sober the first time, which was me getting in trouble with the law happened in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and remembering what it was like, you know, being, you know, um, you know, on like the list of, you know, offenders mm -hmm. in, uh, like in San Luis Obispo, you know, once you're like on a county's list, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to like, you know, get picked up again and again and again and again. Yeah. I did not need that, especially when I was, I had an art career going. Another thing that like, you know, happened was like, you know, I opportunities started kind of really coming um, to me, opportunities to do shows you know, in other countries, opportunities to do events in, you know, other parts of the country. Um, and, you know, having a really nasty drug habit just got in the way of yeah. me being able to do that. Also, and I'm probably can honestly say I'm kind of still struggling with it. I felt my work was getting stale. My, my art was, was getting really stale. I, I was, you know, a lot of people associate, um, you know, substance abuse with creativity, and it was the exact exact opposite with me. Mm -hmm. um, where rather than, you know, feeling free to do whatever the fuck I wanted, uh, you know, I had ha I had a, a crazy drug habit, and I needed to make money mm -hmm. in order to feel that habit, and so I played it really safe to me like I was like this is what people want from me this is what people expect of me so I got to give it to them um, in order to you know maintain this habit and um, you know being strung out and kind of training my eye and my brain to like you know go like this is what works stick with what works um, has kind of like been good for me and for kind of bad for me. Um, I think most artists have this kind of like, oh, this is what you want from me. Fuck you. I want to give you something kind of, um, completely different now. Yeah. Um, kind of um, attitude about their own creative process. And um, I won't deny that I had that as well, but I had another bigger issue to deal with. So I quickly shut that down. The, the you, you don't tell me what to do um, kind of um, attitude. And um, so I, I think that's the reason why this character has been around for as long as it has. Um, yeah. Well, what's interesting to me most about this character too, is that you, I mean, when I create something, I don't have the forethought to look. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I probably will, but I usually don't have the forethought for years to come. But for some reason, something in you said, I want this character to continue for however long. And so you looked through all these different designs and you looked at Hello Kitty and, and that it, what's 
beautiful about that is I've seen that maybe like three times in the artists that I've talked to where they've decided to keep one and just this is what moves through. What gave you that insight, that forethought to do something like that? Longevity. Okay. Like if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to put everything into it. I'm going to think it out completely. I'm going to, you know, um, and and as long as I have a strong foundational rationale, rationale for my characters, for my ideas, then I can do anything after that. Yeah. You know, as long as I string that thread through it all. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I, I go to museums and I, I see like, um, I, 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 I see like, you know, how people are like, you know, um, you know, react to kind of, you know, um, paintings and gallery shows and stuff like that. And I just want to, I want to play on that level. Yeah. So to play on that level, you have, I, I think you kind of need to be able to answer the questions, why? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you got to have a thought out answer for that. And so it just starts by kind of, you know, thinking about it. And, you know, like, I've, I've you know, when I was in school, I took art history classes, and I would hear these grandiose exp- um, explanations as to why these things are important. And so on one hand, you have to ask yourself the question, can this be, is this, is what I'm creating important to me, you know, and then you can like, rephrase it like you know how does this fit in the grand in the pantheon of contemporary art and yeah. blah 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 and um you know we we i like to think i think that we have uh as a world um full of artists um we've moved into this weird place of of you know where artists are their own brands and um like let's say like cause right Mm -hmm. cause has the companion the you know very famous character design and um he has borrowed that that design borrows from a lot of different you know um designs from the past from the mickey mouse shorts and shoes um to the you know the x's on the eyes have their own kind of um you know historical visual you know connection um the the skull and the crossbones is kind of harkens to like the jolly roger from you know pirating yeah so like you know that it's a clever design it's it's a clever design that borrows from you know, know, like hundreds of years of different kinds of visual um, design, uh, visual designs. Um, And it's the reason why, like, you know, he can keep going back to it and people still respond to it. Now, what's, what's interesting, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and that is that, like, 
okay you got like say like cause or um you know there's a um or even say like Takeshi Murakami who mm -hmm. are kind of known for like these singular like characters for with Murakami it's the Dob and the D.O.B. character and mm -hmm. maybe even Kai Kai Kiki the yellow, the white and the pink kind of funny-ish characters that he's done um but more specifically like um, um, more specifically cause I think it's interesting that um, yeah he's got that character and he's done some other ones like he did that sperm one with the the skull and the crossbones ahead um, yeah uh, and stuff and like he's tried doing other characters with varying levels of success like the bullet um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about stuff like from like, you know, like 2008 to 2011, but like the thing he then does, and you see it a lot in this scene, is he just basically just says, you know, it's easier just to take other people's characters and throw um, my main um, design elements onto it. And, yeah. you know, people connect with it immediately simply because of the popularity of the character, you know, and then, you know, like say, and, well, and he had been done doing this for a long time, like say the Simpsons stuff, he did the Simpsons stuff, like freaking like 2002, 2003, the SpongeBob stuff, the Smurf stuff, the Star Wars characters, like he had the Boba Fett companion and the Darth Vader, I think they do Darth Vader companion, I can't remember, you know, um, and it kind of made me start thinking like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, at first I thought it was lazy, but like, then I was kind of like, yeah, it's actually kind of smart. You know, like what, you know, like, cause people get bored of your character, of your character <laughs> after, <laughs> after yeah. a while. And you know, how can I tie that character, um, or my or my signature to other things that have you know very strong you know pop culture like you know relevance mm. so um i i have an idea for all that stuff too i'm, I'm hoping to execute it by next year but oh, you're not here not 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 as toys and, and the, uh, but i have a show i even have the title i don't want to give it away right now <laughs> <laughs> but um you know uh, uh, yeah uh, i i i think it's time for me to dip my toe into that like into into the 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 realm of stealing other people's art <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the bootleg scene in a big yeah, way yeah. oh in a in a big way yeah uh, that's so. exciting you know, but like, well, we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it won't be, it probably won't be as, as easy as like, you know, what cause does, but, you know, yeah, you no, know, I think, uh, you know, we, uh, artists always want to try and like expand their worlds, you know, but like sometimes like it, you know, I don't know. Do you have, do you buy art ever? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, this actually goes into what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, one of the things, but yeah, I rarely it's as of lately that I've gotten into buying more art or um, if it has to do with paintings or drawings, I really have to like the person. Sure. Yeah. If it deals with toys, 
I, I find some other connection somehow. Well, that, I mean, that's the, 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 the beauty of toys and original art versus yeah. original art. Like um, toys are fantastic because, you know, as, as a producer of, uh, of paintings, toys, prints, apparel, et cetera, mm. um, I kind of feel like it's important to be able to have as many different verticals in as very many different price points as I possibly can. And so I have the paintings and drawings and those are like, you know, one of a kinds. Yeah, the high end. The, 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 the more higher end kind of and more expensive. Like I, I really can't afford my own fucking painting. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then there is the um the prints which are yeah. more introductory uh, mm-hmm. and they're priced to be like introductory like you know you know any anywhere between 40 to like 100 to 200 dollars for a really big you know print and then there's the toys which are you know in their own right should are in their own right you know art items yeah but the, the reason why i asked you about like whether or not you bought art is was when i buy art Mm-hmm. unless there is a narrative that really 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 speaks to me and it's attached to a price point that really really works with what i have to spend mm-hmm. the kind of art that i want is the prototypical of that artist okay right? like if i was going to own a freaking cause painting let's just say yeah um, I would want a fucking companion in that painting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I was going to buy my own work, I would want a fucking bear in that painting. <laughs> and if I was going to buy like, you know, anything from like any like artist, I would want their signature element. Yeah. In that in that art in that in that painting. Unless yeah. it's so narratively and visually strong that it doesn't need that. Um, which I don't see often, right? Like I don't see artists that do that super well. I think uh, as you, you're talking about that, I immediately go to Matt Gondek and like, if I get a piece from him, right. I need the melting face. It, it's got to be a, like a Disney character with the face falling off of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If it was just like the character being the character, fuck that. No, yeah, I, I need to see skull. Yeah, <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in, 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 in that Matt Gondek painting. Yeah, and I think so. I came across you in when your first of the three came out with Dove. Mm. So I am relatively new. I would say in the past three years, it's I've ramped up in like art and stuff, and I enjoy it more and. um with toys, the same thing, two or three years, I'm, I've been getting into it more and more. And I thought like, as I saw it, I was more and more enticed, but what gets me about your work. And I, I was just talking to a friend of mine about your work, mm-hmm. the bears, when I look at them, mm-hmm. there's something that is inviting because it's a bear that has like this personified, like anthropomorphic, like humanoid feel. Mm-hmm. And so there's a cuteness to it, 
but it's conveying some of the biggest messages. And the way that I was able to describe it to a friend of mine um, was I was like, oh, this is art that for some reason has made me feel. Mm. And so it was interesting to be able to articulate it that way because I, I had never, it's easy for me to walk through a museum that has um, Monet paintings and Picasso and stuff and look at them and acknowledge that they're good and not feel a damn thing. Sure. sure. I have to have something that connects to me. And the idea that there is something that is potentially cute and innocent, but is trying to convey deeper, darker messages. There's something that's enticing about that. I don't know what it is about my personality. Well, no, I, I, I think the, the one thing that the the one thread that I kind of weave through a majority of my paintings and um, is the narrative of innocence lost. Mm-hmm. I think it's one thing that we as human beings, all of us eventually experience where we kind of realize that the world that we live in isn't what it seems isn't what there isn't the promise that we were given when we were growing up and whether you know maybe it's you know a feeling of betrayal or disappointment or sadness you know or excitement mm-hmm. or anger like those are the the the, the feelings so the the bear was originally a um, the reason why I chose the bear to be white was because I wanted that like I, I was trying to employ that idea that, you know, blankness, whiteness, you know, um, the color, not anything, you know, other than that <laughs> is representative or there's a metaphor in itself for innocence. Yeah. You know, it's unstained, it's untarnished. Um, but then, you know, as you know, you see with the way I, the narratives that I, 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 strew, I weave through my characters, like, you know, they do get tarnished. They do get, you know, uh, sullied. Yeah. And that is, um, you know, and that is either a product of themselves or their environments or both. You know, I think that, um, you know, you know, the kind of person I am, if something goes wrong, the first person that I blame is myself, Mm. you know, um, and, you know, it just means that I didn't take into consideration a factor that I should have, that was, I I should have taken into consideration, Um, and so, you know, um, and I, I, I think that I, you know, always try to put that into, you know, uh what i do like you know um now uh, it's it's done in a way so that like it could be interpreted you know to the audience but you know i you know i'm very much interested in the human experience i'm very much interested in sharing the things that i'm i've been through whether like know it's good or it's bad like my I don't think that the work that I do is as sad as I as it used to be like the the older works were like overwhelmingly just like sad 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, now there the work has kind of evolved into a place of more I like to say like contemplation. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, kind of I don't know whether or not like I have it in me to do super happy, go lucky, whatever art, you know, even though I'm, I think people would, you know, especially after they meet me, they kind of realize that like, hell, you know, he's not as a, not as much of a Debbie Downer than, you know, we, we thought he'd be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but then that also kind of like comes into this, like uh, one of the narratives I also like to, to, we like in my work is this like is our facades Mm -hmm. like we put like certain masks on you know depending on the um the situations that we're in i i I created a uh um, a figure series with a company called strange co back in the early 2000s um for a toy set that i did called vivisect playset and that was because i was working i was curious at the time i was curating a show with gallery in 1988 in los angeles called the vivisect playset where we would like i was like bringing in other artists who did anthrop like you know anthropomorphized you know art stuff specifically around with animals and you know we did this art show and then we eventually tur- we chose a bunch of the different artists and we turned them into like a, into toys but the series i had was like a three-figure series and um like they were these rabbits and the reason why i chose rabbits was because my previous toy was a bear and i wanted to mix it up a little bit and yeah they all, each of the mat each of the figures came with a big smiley faced mask but underneath it there were three different heads one of them was like a jaws kind of like toothy face the other one was like a forlorn expression um that you see in my work and the third one was a three-eyed rabbit and what I was saying was you know hiding behind my smile is my rage Mm -hmm. you know or my anger which is you know the to the um, you know there's just the toothiness the the toothy face the jaws like face my sadness you know which is a forlorn expression and then my knowledge which is the third eye, Yeah, you know, and, you know, you know, these are all things that we just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's about like, not let, like not giving people your hand, you know, your, um, um, because, um, you know, you don't want, you gotta, you know, you can't let people know like what you're really feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, uh, what got me is um, there was one that stuck out the most uh, because it seemed like, man, I, I got to remember, I think it was the eyes that were flying away from the oh, bear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you, that, you said it was about your diminishing eyesight? Um, no, no, no. There, there was, uh, um, no, that was a, I had done a drawing called soft, I think, I think I might have called it soft focus. I don't remember or, but like, it was like, I draw, I drew the bear out really sharply and then like I drew the eyes in like very blurry. Oh, there we was, go. Yeah, um, and that was about the fact that I mean, like you know, my I, I can't say that I'm losing my eyesight, but like I've had 20/20 vision, you know, all my life. Yeah, and 
um, last time I went to an optometrist, they just said, yeah, you just, your eyes are tired, you know, put, yeah. a, put a bag of dry rice that's been microwaved <laughs> you know, on your eyes and here's some drops when you get tired. But there's another one, the, the other one that you're talking about, um, um, uh, let fly, which yeah. is the, the bear, like kind of letting his eyes uh, fly off was um, about basically my experiences with the pandemic mm. where um, I was stuck in one place, but I allowed myself to, you know, see the world you know yeah. uh with just my eyes whether it's through television or through my tablet or my phone you know it's you know i kept and communicate with people you know you know through the, through that and it was um it it, it was like yeah the, uh, it was a, a pretty like heavy-handed you know um way of of this of describing that sensation but you know it, like i felt that like you know yeah that i might be stuck here but i am you know to a certain degree traveling but mm -hmm. it's not physically traveling it's you know traveling you know through media and it's what kept me going it's what kept me occupied you know i, I live by myself so you know, uh, for like, you know, the first year, year um, you know, just hanging out here in my apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, like watching TV, watching the phone, watching like the BLM, um, you know, demonstrations um, through my television screen. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, you know, yeah, that was a way of being out there. So, um, but, you know, it's open to, again, it's open to interpretation, you know? Too. Yeah. So like, I, I don't ever believe that. I mean, I'll, I'll usually share like my, my thoughts um, when I was creating the piece, but, you know, in no way should that be like what it's really about. This is what it means to me. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to believe that, you know, you know, you, you know, your interpretation is as valid as my interpretation, you know, because I mean, that's what art should be about anyways. Like, you know, I, you know, why should a piece of art be completely dictated by its creator? It, the audience, you know, like when, when, why do we listen to, to, to songs that, and like, like they have the lyrics or whatever, have like a deep resonance for us. It's because they, you know, dig up feelings or experiences that we've had that are very personal to us. And those things should, you know, be, you know, you know, no one should dismiss those feelings and experiences because they are what you know, made you the person that you are today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now you see, now we're getting deep. We're getting even deeper. <laughs> um, and so as 
like I see you creating um, and you've said that we've talked about the price points and stuff. You just came out with the stuffed animal, the plush toy. I did. I did. Let me grab that. Oh, oh yeah. This is, I love show and tell. Yeah. You got this dude. Yeah. With the hands. I've, I've done um, interviews before where I just kind of like ducked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, How's it going, man? <laughs> um, Looks so. great. It's fun. Yeah, we this, you know, the pro the problem with production toys mm-hmm. um is you know how long they take to produce. Yeah. Um they this little guy, um, I'm trying to find a good place to put him. Here you go. Um, this little guy uh was years in the making. Wow. Yeah, like 2000, I think we started it in like late 2018, uh, like we started meeting about it. And then we like, or or maybe it was m- like middle of 2019. And then it um, we went through prototype after prototype after prototype. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a difficult person to work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that like, I... Like, want to see all the different options. I want to see, like, what this guy looks like with, like, plastic eyes and a plastic nose versus, yeah. you know, like, stitched eyes and a stitch nose. And, you know, why can't we, you know, these little details be like this, et cetera. And, you know, I really think that um, uh, Plush Art Club, the producers of this, uh, of my of the plush, um, mm-hmm. got pretty fed up with me after a while. But... <laughs> Um, great yeah yeah i'm very happy with it it's not it's it's nicely priced and it's um it's really soft it's really comfy if you had to put you said a like prototype after prototype if you had to put the number that that one was in the line of how many prototypes might have been made is this like number 20 no 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 no, okay Uh, but it's at least number four and uh, you know that's like you know back and forth from the company to the company to the company you know yeah. from korea and back and from korea and back no korea and then back and each time that happens they, i think you get like one or two like on the factory and then mm-hmm. after that it's like coming out of your pocket yeah <laughs> so um um you know like um and yeah yeah, it was. I'm. I'm. I'm happy with the way it came out. I, people seem to be really responding to it and um, positively, and I'm um, glad that, like, you know, we did it. And there's, I think, some of them. I. I. I know the ones that, you know, they were the the comp. Uh, they were selling directly are probably pretty like close to gone-ish, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, but like then like a, a significant chunk of it like went to dispersed for um distribution and stuff like that so yeah you know contact dispersed to carry it in your store there we go <laughs> um i love the the plugs all there uh so as you have come to this point in your career mm-hmm. um going forward because we you've talked about all these different lines uh so that you're not boxed in and and how you want the different art at different price points and all those things. Looking forward, is there a type of art or art form that you want to chase after most that you haven't maybe? Uh, you what? 
NFTs. Oh, okay. You, so is that where you're headed next? It's just one another thing. Yeah. You know? Um, I I still like painting. I love showing my work at galleries. I love like having opening receptions and being able to meet people and see people face to face and watch yeah. people react to the work and um like I I want to like I I I really do enjoy the process of painting and creating. I have a studio, you know, I have a separate studio. So I'm rec recording this in my apartment and like about 10 miles away is my studio in downtown Los Angeles. And I love being there and just kind of like, just like buckling down and like painting. I've actually got uh, a couple of shows happening uh, in, you know, the near future. I've got a show at Dorothy Circus Gallery in Rome in June. Never been to Rome before, so I'm hoping to fly out and yeah. you know soak up you know the sights. And then uh, in October, I've got a show at Vine Art Gallery in uh, Melbourne. And I've wow. never, I don't think I've ever even been south of the equator before. So I'm uh, looking forward to like going out there and. Uh, checking it out. Um, I've got like some ideas for other toy projects that I want to do, um, like that are not bear related. Um, uh, you know, last time I was in Japan, I connected with um, a lot of expat um, uh, Safubi producers, like Science Patrols mm -hmm. and uh, stuff. And um, we had talked about like some potential projects and um, I have an idea. I have some ideas that I want to like throw their way to see whether or not they're willing to, you know, give it a whirl. And yeah. you know, then you know, like, you know, I, I have still, you know, collaborating with uh, Monkey King. Um, we are, you know, we've got some uh, other projects like animation stuff that we want to do, and um, you know. Are you familiar with my ghost bear? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we have some more of those coming out, but I, I've been really wanting to get back to, so ghost bear started off as a four panel comic, you know, like, you know, one, two, three, four yeah. panel comic. And um, I have been wanting to like get back to that. Um, it kind of, um, you know, I, I stopped it after a while, but um, originally, like, you know, so I was, I was you know, I, I follow a lot of, you know, other artists and friends on um, on Instagram, and some of them are involved in the, the, the comic arts, and um, every time I see, like, their comics, their comic, their, uh, every time their comics come up on my feed, I'm just always charmed by, like, what I see, and I just was like, you know, I you know, I grew up reading four panel comics, you yeah. know, and I, so I, I want to do something, but I want to do my own, you know, like sardonic, you know, nihilistic kind of take on, uh, on these things. And so I created like, uh, this ghost bear and, um, it's, it's funny because it's a ghost and it's even funnier because he wishes he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
<laughs> the reason why I actually, you know, the, the one little story is that I, I sometimes share about the ghost bear was that like the reason why I did I made the character this ghost bear is because drawing limbs is hard. Yep. <laughs> and so I I could create this character, this ethereal character that doesn't have legs, maybe has little like fin arms. And um, I could have objects floating in front of him, you know, and they're floating in front of him because he's using his ethereal ghost hands to <laughs> hold it. You may not see it, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, and, you know, when you're drawing four panels of this thing, yeah. like, you know, by the fourth panel, you're sick of drawing arms and legs. So, you know. It, it's a simple design and we're hoping to like the monkey king um patrick from monkey king is really interested in you know kind of like taking it up to doing like really short looped animations and stuff like that and i'm totally down for that so that's another thing i'm more more honestly more so than nfts like i i've nfts are just an interesting thing and i'm i'm i want to create like you know like it's funny because if you look at my oldest work, like in 2004, I created a painting series called Monkeys with Hats. Mm -hmm. um, the idea came from my buddy LC, um, AKA L. Krosky, who ran the uh, Cannibal Flower art show. He um, currently has a space in um, like near Venice-ish or at least, um, like on the west side called Art Bar. And he also works with um, the gallery, Think Space Gallery. Um, that's, I think like, uh, somewhere in Los Angeles. I'm not sure exactly which district, but um, he, he gave me an idea. He's like, Luke, to do a series of paintings of monkeys with hats. <laughs> And uh, when he said it, I was like, I got it. I yeah. want to do it. And it was basically, so I, the, the series that I did in 2004 was just basically a bunch of five inch by seven inch panels. Uh, I think I did maybe 21. Wow. You know, of and this, this same monkey in the same position with the same background color and texture, just with a different hat. <laughs> you made the board eight yacht, yacht club. Basically, I was doing it before they were doing it. Yeah. And uh, and so, uh, and then like, you know, if you look at my Headspace series of paintings, um, Headspace was my attempt to give, to pay homage to the things that were influential to me. Um, I did a series, I think I did 25 of them for um, a Rotofuji gallery in Chicago where, mm -hmm. Basically, it is the bear, and I've always kind of been suggestive of the idea that the bear is a costume, and that there are that maybe I'm underneath it, or a skeleton's underneath it, or whatever um, is underneath it. And he has removed the the helmet that is the head to reveal a different head underneath it. From like you know my love of you know I was I'm a you know child of the 70s so like I grew up you know with the original Star Wars trilogy and I grew up with um like Looney Tunes and you know old Disney stuff and the entire like show had like had 
Disney and it had like Salvador Dali underneath it and it had, you know, a Murakami figure in it. I didn't do Cause because I don't know whether or not I could say Cause was an influence on me. Mm-hmm. He was a presence in me uh, around my work, but like I didn't know whether or not I really wanted to give him that much credit yet. Yeah. <laughs> and um and then, you know, like even like say Mao Zedong being me being Chinese American with parents that are from China, like all these, you know, like different things kind of like we're, we're put in that. And so and that almost kind of also has the same NFT-ish kind of feel where like it's the, it's the same painting just with a different like element thrown yeah. inside, um, like where the, the neck hole is. And, um, you know, maybe that would be a, a fun NFT series one day. But like, I also kind of feel that NFTs should be natively digital. Mm-hmm. you know where like you can incorporate like photos and paintings and stuff like that but at the end of the day the finished product should be digital yeah um and should not exist in the physical world and so that's one of the things that i think about when it comes to nfts that's not to say that like can't just be a jpeg you know of a painting that you did yeah Um, but i I just want a little bit more from that kind of product yeah absolutely you know when i do it you know so we'll see how that we'll see how that comes along but you know nfts are i don't know there's a lot of weird talk going on in the nft space right yeah you know I can definitely say I I don't really quite understand like buying NFTs. Yeah. Like, you know, so, you know. Yeah, I don't, uh, I you know, I, I watch, um, I watch when people start getting into NFTs mm-hmm. and I watch the problem with like some of the like main ones out there, they have such great motility. So you get so many things when you have them. Right. It's hard to keep up with that. If you're just starting out as a, a like a lower person that just wants to start NFTs, mm-hmm. it's like, what can you offer that keeps up with that? Like what? And so it's always tough to see, like there's a national park one that mm. has come out and their motility that they or how they were trying to figure out what they wanted to give was access to different national parks like if you which is like hey that's creative awesome um but i don't think it happened and so it's like oh bummer but um so all this to say all this interview has been amazing but as we close and as we like come towards the end of every interview i do I like to give the artist every opportunity to plug everything that's going on in their lives and where we can find them, how we can fly to Rome and go see you and all those things. Um, and maybe hints to the upcoming show that you can't divulge the title of. And so this last part, wherever we can find you, if you're on other, po- I know you have a podcast. I, I, I do. And I'm trying to like, it took a, a, a like a long break yeah but um i do a podcast with eric nakamura from giant robot uh it's called robot and the bear yeah and um it's usually it's a very art-centric kind of um 
uh, podcast and we usually try and have guests um, usually like art other artists that you know maybe that he's um, uh, working with in um, at, at his gallery GR2 on Sautel mm-hmm. uh, but um, you can find me at at Luke Chu that's L-U-K-E-C-H-U-E-H um, I can be found I'm using that um, handle and my name um, on, um, uh, on, um, almost all, uh, social media platforms. I do have a TikTok account. I have not created TikTok content. Oh my uh, gosh. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> that's, that's it. Stop <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, but like, I, I love TikTok by the way. Yeah. TikTok is so once you get the 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 algorithm dialed in yep my god it's so entertaining people uh, what's crazy so i i post videos on tiktok and like just as a new thing and funny little skits about toys and toy history and stuff and it's so much fun and it's like my algorithm pinpoints the things that like give me dopamine rushes and so it's like why wouldn't i love that app wait what is your tiktok toys on tap Toys on tap. Are we about to make a collaborative yeah, no. TikTok? No, but I'm following you. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 that's what the, what what it just came down to. You just got you you got a new a, a new follow. There we go. A Mr. Luke Chu, and um then um and actually I gotta like go through all the social media and add you add you on it um but um. But yeah, so it's, uh, look for me there. I do my best to like uh, thoroughly promote stuff. Um, uh, let me see, what have I got coming up? On Later on this month, I have a new blotter print um, with uh, 1X Run for Bicycle Day. I believe mm-hmm. that's the 24th of each, or what day is that on? I, I literally just posted a story uh, before um, we came on um about uh that let's see what i say april 19th okay so that's coming out um and then um you know follow me on my discord i have a link tree in my instagram and uh twitter profiles that can lead you to the invitation um i do do pre-orders there Uh, i've got um you know, a figure I did, you know, you know, I mentioned um, Hello Kitty earlier concerning mm-hmm. my uh, character design. I finally like created a toy um, inspired completely by Hello Kitty. I call Hello Luki. And, <laughs> and um, it is made in Japan, um, uh, Asafubi. And um, I've got two variants coming out at the end of this week. One of them is the um, typical black and gold uh, second color variant, which I always do uh, with, um, you know, my toys. Like, if there's a white one, there's got to be a black one. And, you know, and there's only the best color to comp that complements black is gold. Yeah. So it's usually black and gold. So um, I have one of those uh, coming out limited to 100 pieces. And I also have a glow in the dark, which if you're doing a toy, you got to have a freaking glow in the dark version. <laughs> <laughs> and... You're not wrong. <laughs> and... 
Um, so both of those are coming out at the same time. I'm hoping to have them out by this weekend, but I opened it up to pre-orders to my Discord um, uh, people because like, I feel like the Discord is for the hardcore. Yep. And um, so respect the hardcore and yeah. uh, and open it up to them. Like, like hey, if you're, you're interested, we're, um, you know, uh, we'll take names. Uh, just let us know, like, if you want one or both. And, you know, we'll send you an invoice. And, and once you pay it up, it's we'll have it out to you. So yeah. that's a reason to join my Discord. My Discord, I like to think, is a fun, inviting place with very nice people and lots of different subjects. From, it is. You know, from food to nerd shit to music. And, you know, because I am I am genuinely interested in to know what, like, um, the people who, uh, in, you know, enjoy my work are, are into. And, yeah. like, you know, I'm, uh, whenever people have any direct questions, I do my best to, like, take the time to address the question and answer them and because it's my discord and yeah. I want I'm it, what's the point of having a discord if I'm not going to be accessible <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah. Like you have a discord what's your discord you have to send me an invitation you have to uh, post your discord on um, well I don't have my own but I'm oh. in a bunch of them sadly you got to have your own discord for your podcast uh, all right all right all right I'll do it you know? Yeah. Do it. Sweet. Thanks, Luke. Right, Abraham. Thank you so much. Um, and um, good luck. And I uh, will I will try to remember you. Nose ring, you know, uh, goatee, like your um, widow's, pretty sharp widow's peak there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you better wear, you better wear that super, oh, oh, tattoos. tattoos. Yeah. Good. You're, I'm already lost. <laughs> yeah, I am the rest of the toy makers. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see you at fucking designer con. You're gonna be wearing a black hoodie like yep. everybody else, like myself, and fucking it's just a sea of fucking <laughs> of kind of artsy, nerdy fucking you know people who are into yeah. their nerdy fucking artsy hat hobbies, and it's you know I'll be like, like I know you. <laughs> It's going to be the wrong person when you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're Yucko Toys? Like, fuck you, I'm Drill One. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you are Drill One. Oops, my bad. You know, yes, you, you know, you know, you know, you know, Drill One, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. He's, he's another bald, like, you know, facial hair. Fucking... Where we belong. Yeah. What? It's where we belong. Exactly. There's yeah. a place for your shaved head and facial hair and tattoos. It's called Designer Con. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna talk to Ben. I'm gonna try and sell him on that that tagline. Maybe I can produce an entire chain of fucking <laughs> just a silhouette of a bald guy with a beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Man. No, you're good. Luke, thank you so much.
new from Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.